Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the MMA Sucker Podcast. My name is Tim Wheaton, joined as always by the editor-in-chief at MMA Sucker, Fraser Corone. Fraser, how are you doing today, sir? I'm all good, mate. Part one of two. You know, we uh, yep. this week we're treating you to two podcasts because it's a, it's a colossal fight week for UFC 285, and we didn't want to sort of, you know, just kind of shove it in at the end. There's a lot happened this past weekend with, um, obviously, we've got Jake Paul, Tommy Fury to discuss. You've got the UFC, we've got Bellator, we've got one, we've got KSW. You know, we didn't want to kind of rush through all of these and then have to rush through the UFC 285 uh, preview. So, you know, <laughs> we'll drop this today. Um, and then a little bit later, later on in the week, we'll uh, we'll record a UFC 285 preview, you know, going really in depth on the main event, the comet. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a solid card. We're top to bottom, it's a really good card and we didn't want to rush through it. So, yeah, we'll be getting sort of part one of the, the podcast, sort of a review of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we'll jump into part two a little bit later on in the week, a preview for, for two, 285, because it's set to be the, I mean, it's the biggest and best fight card of the year so far, and we didn't want to rush through it. So, uh, yeah, this will be a review show, and then we'll, we'll jump into a preview later on in the week. Absolutely. UFC 285 has big fight feels, and we didn't want to miss out, so we're dedicating an entire episode to it. This is the Weekend Rundown episode. Uh, Tommy Fury, UFC, uh, we got Bellator, we got one championship, we even have a little bit of KSW talk, all that good, good stuff. So we go from the absolute most casual to the absolute most hardcore. I'm going to end on Lumpany Stadium, so you know we're a hardcore show. Um, but let's let's start with, we won't bury the lead, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. I think, before we jump into the fight... I do want to comment, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Jake Paul is a a mid-tier boxer. Tommy Fury is also a mid-tier boxer. This had blockbuster feels to it. Given the skill of these opponents to the blockbuster event, Jake Paul might be one of the best boxing promoters of the last 10 years. Fraser, stop me when I'm wrong here. Am I talking crap? We shouldn't have had this much hype around a fight between That's right. two fighters that were, what, one was 6-0 and and one was 8-0 and heading into the fight? Over questionable competitions against ranked boxers combined, they're 0-0. Zero zero. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and you know, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. It was it was all over, you know, the, the sort of social medias. It was all over the, the, the you know, your Twitter, your Instagram. It was yep. all over the... the, the the everyday news, you know, BBC Sport were covering the fight. I know. Um, Talk Sport were commenting on it. You know, legitimate boxing outlets were were covering this. Legitimate MMA outlets, despite the fact that, you know, none of these guys are MMA fighters. Yes, Jake Paul is now associated with the PFL, but this got more coverage than yeah. Floyd Mayweather's exhibition. Yes, that happened yes, it on did. Saturday night. You know, little spoiler for you guys: Floyd Mayweather fought on on Saturday night. <laughs> I didn't really. I, I knew it was happening because I, I, I'm interested in a, a few of the fighters that were on that card. Yeah. But I say one fighter, you know, and, and Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, that got more. Floyd Mayweather's 50 and 0, multiple, multiple, arguably one of the best, if not the best, boxer we've ever seen. Yeah. Barely got any hype. First time ever fighting in the UK. This is in Saudi Arabia against hundreds more more eyes to it thousands, mm-hmm. millions more eyes to it i'd argue you know i was uh you know i had no interest in going to watch floyd mayweather's fight but just out of interest i, I looked at the o2 yeah hundreds and hundreds and thousands of seats still available for purchase that's rough i i imagine you'd struggle to get get a ticket in in saudi arabia you know and it bought the stars out you know it bought cristiano ronaldo was there yeah you know Obviously, Tyson was there. Logan Paul was there. Mike Tyson was was ringside Mike, for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, this is bringing out and and yeah, I completely agree. Is fight sports is about self promotion, but Jake Paul carried this promotion alongside Carrie and Tommy. You know, he, he was yeah. self promoting through MVP, but he also carried Tommy Fury side of the the uh, the promotion because Tommy didn't you know he didn't attend the press conference. He didn't do an awful lot to promote the fight. Mm. And yet, still came away. You know, spoiler alert: he came away with a victory of uh, a split decision. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Um, yeah. Aside from the promotion, the promotion was stellar. Like that is an A plus promotion. You have to give compliments where compliments is due. Jake Paul is a person who was well hated when he got in this industry, um, and I think he still sells fights based on that. But he's earned a lot of respect with wins over like Anderson Silva. You got a knockdown on Anderson Silva even at this age. That's insane. Uh, but yeah, split. 
decision loss to a Tommy Fury. Um, not an overly impressive or exciting fight by any means. It was a fight, certainly. Like Tommy Fury, you can see that sometimes he throws a lot of punches and some of them land. Uh, Jake Paul has his like, is it like ducking jab or ducking right cross, which sometimes lands very well. He has a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, and then they clinched a lot of the fight. What did you bring? What did you see in the fight? How did you see it? They clinched a lot. They they mm-hmm. they both got points taken off, which I, yeah. you know, the point taken off for Paul, I don't agree with. He yes, he hit Tommy Fury in the back of the head, but at the, that was in the fifth, and at the end of the fourth, Tommy landed heavily on the back of the head of Jake Paul. Yeah. So there was no hard warning, but you know, yeah, I don't I don't think the referee, I think the referee's got to kind of accept that he's not in there with with you know Muhammad Ali versus versus you know. George Foreman, Joe, like, yeah, 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 you know Joe Fraser, George Foreman, you know he, he's not in there with Klitschko and, and Fiore. He's not in there with Oleksandr Rusik, who's got these massive amateur. But he's in there with two essentially white collar guys. You know these, yeah. these are it, it's it's influencer boxing at a higher level than than what we've seen. So let's not, you know, you don't need to be taking points. You don't need to be raining down the rule the rules that. Yes, it's a professional boxing bout on paper, but let's be honest here, it's not. You know, Jake Paul's had three years training, so to go to go the distance with someone who's supposedly been boxing for his entire life. Tommy Fury's not good for someone who's trained boxing his entire life. Given that reference, he's not that good. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, I completely agree. You know, Jake Paul's been training for three years. Yeah, Tommy Fury's been training his entire life. Yeah, Tommy Fury should have boxed the head off him for the full eight <laughs> rounds, and um, he should have finished him. If he didn't finish him, he should have boxed the head off him. He didn't. I, I, it was I, a close fight. It was. <laughs> it was close, and it's I, a hell of a lot closer than it should have been. And I love Tommy Fury at the end. He got some some belt put on him. What the hell belt was that? And then he celebrated like he won a gold medal in the Olympics. <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, there's a rematch clause on Jake Paul's side. So don't be surprised to see them two in a, in a ring again. But you know, props to Jake Paul to be going, to be, you know, scoring a knockdown to be going eight rounds with a guy who's been boxing his entire life. He's been boxing for three years. Yeah. With that being said, do we? You know, Jake Paul has invested in himself in these past three years. I'd still expect. You know, he's not quote unquote got a, a job. You know, he's not working a nine till five. He can, he can be a boxer for three years straight every single day all day you know he he can train he's got enough money to train like Tyson Fury to train like Anthony Joshua to train like Alexander Usyk yes he should be better yes he's only been training for three years but he's it's not like he's a yes he's a YouTube star but it's not like he's you know he's an athlete before you know he was an athlete in college a college wrestler so he he he's got that level of of athleticism prior to learning how to box. Mm-hmm. Then he's learning how to box essentially day in day out for the past three years. He should be better. You know, if I took up boxing and in three years I won't be as good as Jake Paul. That's right. I've got a yeah. nine to five job to go to. You know, I I I cannot just give my entire life to to this sport. Whereas he can. He hasn't got a, a nine to five job. I've got I've got to be in this. Yes, he's got other. You know, he's got the PFL stuff and he's got the MVP and he's got the, mm. you know, he's got other other sort of avenues. But in my opinion, he still should be better than he is. Well, and like his brother is the, that model of like he's an athletic guy who's boxing for three years and just doesn't really develop. That's a normal person. That's actually quite typical. Jake actually is not bad of like he, he has picked up a few tricks. Only in three years, he's he's not a bad boxer in any way, right? Yeah, for sure. But I I... He's got a lot of flaws, you know. That overhand right, if it doesn't land, as we saw last <laughs> night, he's struggling. Yeah, he move for me. For he's quite a big guy. He moves too much. Mm. He's not just slipping narrowly off a shot. He's he's getting well out of the way, which is fine. But then you're not in range to to hit the counter. Right. Yeah. 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 Like we talked about. We've talked about. You want to be an inch. You want to just head movement sure. just an inch away from you. I mean, how many times have we seen the Conor? Mc- I know I don't want to bring it around to Conor McGregor, but he's one of the best movers and in in, uh, in in the in the sport. Yes. How many times have we seen his fight against Eddie Alvarez? When you see Eddie Alvarez swing and it's just in front of McGregor's nose. That's right. And therefore McGregor can just just shift his weight onto his lead leg, 
bang, hit the counter down the pipe and knock him out. Yeah. I think Jake Paul needs to work a lot on his 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 defensive work. Not that he gets hit a lot, but it is that sort of defensive work of just like you say, just slipping like you know, rather than slipping an inch, you want to be slipping a centimeter, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you if you only slip a centimeter, all your weight is still on that front foot where you can then counter bang down the pipe. Yep. He just, in in my opinion, it he was moving a lot. You know, he's big, and he's a big guy. And he, you know, he did sort of. There was rounds where both guys had kind of rounds off. In my opinion, if this was a twelve, round, I'm glad that this was only an eight round fight because the twelve round fight might have been a tough watch. But you know, he was he was ducking underneath and uh, but massively ducking underneath, but then not coming back with any counters. If you're going to duck underneath, throw a couple of hooks to the body. You know, uh, come back with the uppercut to the mm-hmm. to the body. I can't, I can't disrespect Jake Paul because what he's done for the sport, you know, for Amanda Serrano especially, and and sort of, you know, he was co co promoting the the first women's headliner at MSG between Serrano and Katie Taylor. You know, he's got all the guys on the card. You know, he's got these guys at a, a fight. You know, Elunga Makabu and, and and Badu Jack. We were talking off air. That probably got more eyes on it than it than it probably would have. If it was just a, on a on a you know a standalone card because people bought the pay per view to watch Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, oh yeah, definitely. So I can't disrespect him, but you know, and I don't think the Jake Paul experiment in in, in professional boxing is is done. I, I think he's still got a, a a boxing career, but he should be shifting his way away from the professional boxing and towards the kind of influencer misfits style of pro boxing kind of you know entertainment wwe kind of you know, he, yeah yeah it, it's the sort of the ksi fight that you're looking at next it's the maybe the tommy fury rematch it's you know the guy that fought mayweather this weekend aaron Chalmers said that he'd be interested in a boxing match with with jake you know of course he would yeah of, so am i aaron Chalmers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i think he, he but for jake now i think you know, with this stuff going on in the PFL, if he goes down, you know, if he if he was if, if Tommy Fury was a knockout puncher, I think Jake Paul might have been in 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 trouble. Yeah, he got hit a couple of times. Yeah, he's not obviously, as we know, you know, he hasn't got that knockout power, despite the fact his nickname's TNT, which is kind of ironic, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. But you know, let's push Jake Paul towards uh, you know, he, he's he's the money fight. In in boxing at the moment, you know, yeah. Canelo and him are the money fights. Let's let's shelf the talk that he was ever going to fight Canelo because that's you know, come on. <laughs> and then let's let's bring bring forward the more sort of Jake Paul falling into the influence of boxing, fighting your 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 KSIs and your your kind of guys in that realm. Mm-hmm. You know, Vitor Belfort's kind is kind of a, an influencer boxer at this point. Yeah, but Vitor is not the, a bad fight. I think Vitor is size on him, but I think Vitor is a fair fight given his level and what's next for him, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it, it, it's the the Tyron Woodleys, the Anderson Silvers, the yeah. the KSIs for me that that yeah. Jake should be looking to box next because it's you know he let's be honest, he signed for the PFL. You can't sign for the PFL and then never fight for the PFL. He signed as a yeah. fighter for the PFL, so he has to work on his ground game. You know he has got that wrestling base, but he has to work on his wrestling. It's completely different, you know, college wrestling and 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 wrestling for MMA. Yeah. You know you've got a cage for a start. He's got yeah. to work on his kicks. He's got to work on his hands because he's a guy that yeah. that clinches a lot in in boxing to avoid strikes. Well, yeah. if you clinch in MMA, someone's just going to throw a knee up the middle, Jordan yeah. Levitt style. You know, um, he's got a lot to work on to transition into MMA. So maybe shelf the professional boxing, trying to get better at boxing. And, you know, your hands will come. If you're training in four-ounce gloves, your hands will, you know, your defensive work will have to be there, which will benefit him in the boxing if he goes on to fight a, a KSI or, a you know, someone of that elk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was, I, I don't really have anything to add on this one. I think that's probably ample, ample time for breaking down Jake Paul. We've actually come around. You can probably watch each episode of us laughing at Jake Paul to being like, okay, we'll talk about Jake Paul to now, like, taking it quite seriously of, like, breaking exactly. them down, uh, which is, uh, I mean, that's the, his growth. Um, I did like that Badu Jack again saved the card. He was the co-main event for the for the Mayweather-McGregor fight, and that was a bunch of decisions, and it was kind of boring. And then Badu Jack 
got a knockout and saved the card. It was amazing again. This one as well. It was a kind of a, a, a decision that I don't think anyone watched. And then Badu Jack got a knockout in the 12th round, captured the WBC cruiserweight title. Man, Badu Jack, when he wins, he makes it worth it. Like, he, he doesn't win all the time, but when he shows up, he wins on major events. This guy's got some good co-main events, right? Exactly. And he seems to be a guy that is, I know that he sort of, I don't know if he trains with Jake Paul, but I know he's around Jake Paul a lot. And mm. he seems to be a guy that, for whatever reason, has kind of found himself as the, the co-main event or in the undercard <laughs> of the sort of, yeah. you know, Mayweather-McGregor really was like the first ever influencer card to a degree where you've Absolutely. got that crossover between, you know, people people aren't, re- you know, in a, in a few weeks we've got... Um, uh, I was just gonna, oh, Caleb Plant and and uh, Benavidez, I think. Uh, okay. a, a fight. That's a massive fight. It's a, yeah. as big a fight, in my opinion, as Badu Jack versus Ilunga Makabu. Yeah. You won't get the eyes on it. No. Because these are two boxers, professional boxers, despite the fact they've got a great rivalry at the moment and there's some proper, you know, behind the scenes stuff going on behind, between them. You won't get the eyes on it. Yeah, Ilunga Makabe versus Badu Jack probably got more eyes on it in, in this in this fight than they than they would have the, the entire you know if, if they would have had a standalone show. And you know, like you say, he's he's the guy that comes in that you don't expect. I, I expected Ilunga Makabe. You know, twenty. I think he had twenty five knockouts in twenty nine fights, and his last last game against Tony Bellew, and he knocked Tony Bellew down in that fight. It's. For me, I thought McCarthy would just go in there and steamroll him. But Badu Jack, you know, does what Badu Jack does. Two knockdowns, TKO in the 12th round, lifts the WBC title. And unfortunately for McCarthy, he's not quite the guy that that is a ticket seller. But Badu Jack can be now because he's got a little bit of a crossover yeah. fan base. He'll probably be on the next Jake Paul card, defending yeah. his WBC title against, you know, no one that anyone's ever heard of and he'll get a big, big finish. Yes. And, you know, he's a three-weight world champion now, so fair play to him. It's not what I expected at all, but I'm I'm here for it. Absolutely. I think there's enough time for Jake Paul. Let's move on to the uh, UFC card, which does get second billing on the show because the UFC is just filling time on ESPN at this point. And, it, yes, the event had some highlights, but in terms of name value, oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. In, terms of, in terms of title implications – Oh my, this is filling time. This is, this is a, oh man, this is an LFA card. You know what I mean? Um, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann was out due to, uh, sorry, Nikita Krylov fell ill and had to pull out from the main event. So we got a Brendan Allen versus Andre Muniz. Now we did talk about, this is actually pretty good, like outside the middleweight top 15, pretty good fight. Pretty good. Brendan Allen got a submission rear naked choke uh, in round three. Um, now it probably moves into the top 15 or at least very close to it, Brendan Allen probably really does move up in this case. What would you make of the fight? What would you see in it? What's next for these guys? I mean, I certainly didn't see a submission. On, if I, if someone was telling me there'd be a submission, I'm thinking uh, Muniz is going to catch yeah. on with something. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> for Andre Muniz, I don't quite... It's just disappointing from a, from a Muniz. I, don't, I just don't think that he was very good on the night. And I... Yeah. You know, I don't think for a second that that the the late notice main event kind of affected him because it wasn't a late notice main event. Less, you know, the only difference was that they were the last fight on the card. Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that, that that's the that's the only difference. That you know, yeah. they weren't suddenly going expected to go five rounds. They were being paid a little bit more, I imagine, for being a main event slot. Yeah. Maybe. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd hope that they were paid a little bit more, I should say. It's just Dana White's UFC. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I say, it's not like, you know, they weren't suddenly having expected to go five rounds. They weren't delayed by, you know, an hour or two because they were the main event. They weren't, n- nothing changed for these guys. I think maybe the only thing that changed is they were brought into the middle before the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's it. You know that that is it, and and Muniz, you know, if you look at um his, his other parts, you know, against Jacare, he scored two takedowns. Against Eric Anders, he scored two takedowns. Both of these obviously led to the submission. Against Uriah Hall, four takedowns. That was a boring fight, but four yes, takedowns, ten minutes control time. Fine. He didn't land a single takedown on Brendan Allen. He had fifteen seconds of control time, and he seemed 
you know, the 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 finishing sequence from Brendan Allen, it seemed like Muniz didn't know what to do. Whether he was just extremely tired or or, or what, he. I don't know whether he was. I can't imagine that he was worried about Brendan Allen's ground game because he went to the ground with Jacare Souza. You know, no disrespect to Brendan Allen, but Jacare is is a far yeah. better oh, yeah. suit sort of phenom than than uh, than Brendan Allen. So he didn't even look to take him down. He looked to strike. Maybe maybe he was, you know, looking to to strike and add another string to his bow. But it, it kind of kind of blew up in his face because Muniz he's he's not young. I know that he, you know he's he's thirty three now. Not a big name. He's a he's a kind of king of the who needs him club. You know, it's as difficult for Muniz because he's a, he's a tough fight, but there's not an awful lot of of upside in in beating him. You know, he's ranked number eleven now, uh, middleweight. Obviously, that'll change. Uh, I imagine he'll drop a few. We could even be looking at Darren Till dropping out of the middleweight rankings for the first time in in a number of years. But uh, Brendan Allen will obviously. Yeah, for sure. Brendan Allen will obviously take his place. But then you, you look at Muniz, he's not fighting up next. And we mentioned this last week. Why is he fighting Brendan Allen? Because there's no upside to fighting Brendan Allen. You know, yeah. we said, you know, even if he lose, uh, even if he wins, you know, does he take overtake Drickard Suplicy? No, because Drickard Suplicy is fighting up. He's fighting number five next. Yeah. And it's kind of backfired and blown up in his face. But, you know, it is what it is. Main event slot for the for the guys. Like I say, I don't think that affected them massively i can't mentally you know. it was so last minute it was like an it was just a few hours before the event went for sure yeah i think it was just before the main card or even just yeah. before the tatiana suarez fight so it wasn't yeah you know these guys didn't it hasn't like sort of played on their mind all even though i'm the main event in a ufc guy in the main event because like i say yeah. it was three rounds they were they were prepared for three rounds yeah you know nothing else really changed in my opinion other than they were the last fight on the card and there wasn't any fights after them, but you know, it is but what like, it is for Andre Muniz. But Brendan Allen is a little bit of a, uh, like a mystery. Like it's a weird thing that he is 10 wins in the UFC with notable wins over guys like Sam Alvey and Kevin Holland. Uh, and now he's on a bit of a win streak here. I still feel like I don't have much of an assessment on where his skills are. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know where his skills are. And I know that's why you have to fight. But quite often you get an impression of a guy fairly quick of like, oh, wow, he's so good and he should be ranked higher or he's not that good and he should be ranked lower. I have no clue with Brendan Allen. Like, there's no data coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what sure. do you make and of his career? What's next for him? It, this is what I was just going to ask you, actually, throw it back at you. So yeah. What's next for him? Because it's tough. You know, I think Chris Curtis is fighting Calvin Gastelum next week on on 285 yeah. so the chris curtis rematch would probably make sense sure but he's already got a fight darren till i but guess then darren till in my opinion needs to fight further down than brendan allen if they're gonna still invest in in darren till what if we just put the middleweight like the 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 lame middleweight main events all together and he fights sean strickland <laughs> i mean again he called out sean strickland after you know sean strickland finished him just having a look back in 2020 so you know that's potentially but sean strickland's coming he's, he's what, <laughs> oh yeah he's the one seven. sean strickland can't knock out anybody except for brendan Allen. <laughs> exactly exactly um you know sean strickland's coming off a, a, a win as well isn't he against man he was the late replacement for that fight oh um, imanov imanov god God, 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 this is but, the thing. You know, Middleweight, just cut the division. This, this yeah, is enough. Exactly, enough is enough. Yeah. There's enough entertaining fights, but none of them involve none of them involve anyone outside the top three. You know, I want to just see Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whittaker. <laughs> probably just stick Paolo Costa in there just for a joke. Just just have them fight every week. Is but you know uh, maybe Jack Manson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe Jack Comanson. I, I at this I point, like Jack's very clearly, like at this point, just just cut. We should go back to the WEC, like just like flyweight up to lightweight, maybe welterweight. Sometimes that's all you need. If you have a bantamweight main event every week, it's good, and we know what's going. Like it's it's some tremendous stuff. But these middleweights, man, enough is enough. Cut this division. <laughs> Yeah, they're just not. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the two eighty seven main event between Adesanya and Pereira excites me. That's in April. I've got March <laughs> to to suffer through watching Roman Delodzi fight yeah. Marvin Vittori on the prelims of UFC London. 
But we had the return. Let's let's get to what we actually want to talk about. The return of Tatiana Suarez. Oh, Sakai. Oh, man, get the hell out of here. Oh, we're no, we're cutting that division. <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana Suarez made her comeback after almost four years or three years away, almost four years away or something like that. Uh, coming back in a higher division. And she was kind of the, like, female Habib, just just a, a relentless wrestler, unyielding pace. Now, this time, years away, she's either a little bit rusty or she's a little bit older, and I don't entirely know. But she came back at flyweight. She said she is going back to strawweight in the future. And regardless, even if she has lost a step due to injury, time out of the cage, she's still probably going to be a contender within this year. She's still so good and still so far ahead. What did you make of the Tatiana Suarez comeback? Yeah, I think... Uh, it's, it's a difficult one because... Like you say, she it does appear that she's lost a, a step, you know, maybe lost that, that yard of sort of pace, and yet she dominated the fight. Like she, I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just looking at, you know, control time, almost four and a half minutes control time in the first round, and then she finished it in the second round. But it's a matter of, is it cage rust or is it age? And we don't... Exactly, know. yeah, exactly. You know, four years away is a crazy amount of time. And you know for a fact that she hasn't been training day in, day out for those four years because because of injuries, because of setbacks, because yeah. of illness or whatever. You know, she, she hasn't... And... and she's up at flyweight so yes. maybe she's not used to having that extra 10 pounds on her for it you know obviously she she cuts weight down to short weight but it's whole it's a whole different game walking around at say one to uh, 125 and having to fight at 125 she's got that extra 10 pound on her frame maybe she you know maybe montala de la rosa was just stronger than she she she's used to of course well of course she's going to be stronger than she's used to you know she was fighting hmm. um she was fighting down at strawway and, and fighting 115 pound girls. Now she's fighting Montella De La Rosa, who's probably in there 132, 135 on fight night. So, so that I think does play a factor. I think it was a good decision to come back at, at flyweight, you know, get that first kind of cut out of the way, as it were, get a feel for, for flyweight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I do want to see her back down at strawweight just to see if that was the, the, the factor as it were, but yeah, I mean, how good is she? You know, she's got, like you say, I, I, even if she has, either got, you know, is it is it ring rust or is it just that she's she's sort of got old slightly overnight? I still think, you know, I agree with you that she's still going to be a contender because her wrestling is so far ahead of everyone else in the division. Yeah, like Mackenzie Dern's jujitsu, if she gets it to the floor, she's so much better than everyone else. Her problem is getting it to the floor. With Tatiana Suarez, she's got no problem getting it to the floor. Absolutely, absolutely. That 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 finish is arguably big. You know, obviously she snapped the neck, and then and then and then uh, pulled sort of pulled guard into the guillotine. I think Montella De La Rosa in in the back of her head when when she had that snap down, she she you know she was focused on making sure her hips were back, and she kind of exposed her head, but she was making sure her hips were back because she's fighting Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, who's got insane takedown ability an insane you know and an insane ability to just you know control you once she takes you down so i'm i'm getting my hips back and i'm avoiding the take that oh wait i've already got my neck snatch it's a really really good finish a really clever finish yeah but there's also you know there's also another conversation this week for the second week in a row about women's clothing in in mma and and, and the kit you know um Obviously, yeah. we had Jessica Andrade say that she she was kind of put off, and the same with Montella De La Rosa. I don't know if she's come out and said that she's been put off, but I saw. Yeah, she did. She people, said like that she, was a that did. was a malfunction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I saw you know the people's MMA sort of say like, look, thoughts on this, and there definitely needs to be something done because we can't. You know, it, it's yes, the option's there to wear a t shirt, but not all women want you. You know, not all women want to wear a t shirt. Yeah. So, so to kind of, in my opinion, it's a fairly simple fix as to just make a, just make. I, I, I you know, go, believe it go, or not, I've, I've never worn, I've never <laughs> worn a sports bra. But I imagine that if you just kind of lift, rather than it being sort of cut, if you kind of just bring that up to yeah. the collarbone, below, just slightly below the neck, that avoids what happened to Montana this weekend, and then. I don't know about underneath whether you make it slightly tighter or whether you make it longer. I, I'm not really sure what the, the fix is, but that 
there will be a fix out there. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, a sports bra enthusiast, believe it or not. I do not know what the crack is. But, but these are professional athletes, and they deserve respect to be treated as such. If they're having trouble with their wardrobe, like if this was the WNBA or, or like the Olympics, we wouldn't be talking about like, oh, a boob might pop out. Dude, treat yeah, these like sure. professional athletes. Get exactly. them the right clothing they need. And and let's let's remember that these girls are in a fight. Montana De La Rosa is in a fight. Yeah, she's she's focused on stopping a takedown from one of the best wrestler from the best wrestler arguably in the division, mm-hmm. arguably the best female wrestler that we've we've seen in the UFC. Then she's also in the back of her mind thinking. I can feel my top being pulled down unintentionally. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to tell, we're not trying to tell, say that Tatiana Suarez was doing it as like a distraction technique. But Definitely. you've got to remember these women are in a fight. They're not switched on to. They should be switched on. Sorry, to. I need to get my hands here. I need to hand fight. I need to get this underhook. I need to you know leverage leverage Suarez. But instead, she's probably. I imagine she's thinking in the back of her mind. You know, this is the distraction that these women talk about. That okay, I, I'm going to be exposed if this you know, this carries on in, in, in this manner, by which time she's probably then just been dumped on her ass and, and you know, she's a, she's kind of under Tatiana Suarez, you know. For me, it there's got to be a fix because it, yeah. it, it's rare that we ever see a fight night where even if it's not a, a malfunction like we, we've seen in the past two weeks, but you, you see the women kind of break distance, pull their top up and then carry on, you know, let's... Yeah. Let's address this because it, it is an issue. Yes. And it's becoming an issue even, you know, let's say next week in, in the in the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko has something happen to her, you know, in the same out, in, in the same sort of situation. And then Alexa Grasso lands a high kick and knocks her out yep. while she's pulling her top up. This, this is a very reasonable thing that could happen. You know, let's address it before it becomes a really, really mainstream, mainstream issue because it is an issue at the moment mm-hmm. and we don't want it to become even more of an issue going, going forward. The UFC brought in different clothing brands like like Reebok initially and now Venom and they said it would help with professionalism and cleaning up the look of the sport. Well, then treat it very professionally. Like, why are we still having this problem of like, this is like these uh, clothing brands stuff doesn't work. And I think people complained about Reebok at first that it just doesn't fit properly. I think the women went through the same problems with Reebok years ago and Reebok did eventually resolve it. But like, if you're going to clean up the look and be more professional, then do it. Don't do it halfway. You know what I mean? Like, let's fix it. Anyway, if you've been away for four years, you might need to come back some Athletic Greens. That's right. We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 is perfect for daily nutrients and gut health support. AG1 solves two of the most important health needs, the nutrients your body needs each day and the foundation of long-term gut health. Together, they fuel a whole body health impacting everything from sleep, digestion, energy, mood, immunity, to the health of your hair, skin, and nails. Especially if you're a heavyweight, you would probably need something like that. Do you have anything, do you have anything to throw on the, uh, the heavyweight matchups on this fight night card? I do not. I no, no. Augusta Sakai got got a win again. You know there was some Jasmine Ju- uh, just to Vicky. So I'm glad that she got back in the win column and yeah, did so in pretty dominant fashion. Um, love love Jasmine. She's cool as so. hell. Jasmine's great. exactly yeah. And she you know make sure you follow her on social media as well because she's a fun she she's a fun follow to you know she she never takes she doesn't take it too seriously. We got Trevor Peak. She's also so, uh, like that's that's a lot of people don't realize like that's the Canadian accent and like I don't she grew up in oh, I forget where it's like southern Ontario but that's not a very common accent that she has but if you want to hear a, a genuine Canadian accent it's it's Jasmine she has it <laughs> and you know moving on I think her teammate Mike Mallot looks like a talent you know obviously knocked out Mickey Gall in his debut now he uh, gets this, yeah. the first round arm triangle submission. Certainly want to keep an eye on at 170 because he I, he strikes me as one of these guys that's just going to keep on getting wins. You know, keep you need for me. I, I kind of want Mallet to to get a couple more rounds under under his belt. You know, mm-hmm. he's uh he's two and zero oh in the in the UFC and has a win on the contender series. He hasn't gone. He hasn't got out of the first round since. You know, he had a draw when he was in Bellator in 2015. I want to see him. You know, a few a couple more rounds. You know, keep he your got, eye on him. 
first round submission in CFFC back in 2020, 2021, obviously uh, on the contender series, 39 second submission, knockout Mickey Gall in the first round, now a submission in the first round. I want to see him have more rounds, but at the same time, if he keeps on doing and ending people like this, I'm I'm here for it. And thoughts on Trevor Peake's hammer fists against I, a, I, what do you I, what do you what do you make of us? <laughs> I mean, it worked. <laughs> I, I don't think it's it's if for any you know uh, up and coming MMA stars, I probably wouldn't copy the technique personally. You know, he had his opponent up against... I mean, maybe it's a good technique because, you know, the opponent isn't expecting shots to be coming sort of... You know, they're expecting straight shots or, or hooks from, from out wide. They're not expecting shots to be coming straight down. But, you know, Gonzalez, it was a TKO, it was a knockout, you know, and Trevor Pete got it. So we can't... You know, it's a technique that clearly works. And he's got... I'm just looking down his record now. He's 9-0. Nine, eight finishes and and a no contest. It must just so, be jarring to not expect a punch there. But I don't think there's a ton of like hitting on the top of the head. Like that's fine. You could probably take that strike all day. I think it's just a surprise for your opponent to be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, especially when you know he's been he's been landed on. He's he's you know he is sort of a bit disorientated, and then he's sort of getting hammer fisted in the face. I'm sure he doesn't quite know what's going on but i'm you know i'm here for if it works it works and it's a legal strike so you yeah. know trevor Pete, you know i'm holding my hands up to you it's not a, it's not a strike that i had you know in the back of my mind that someone would throw but you know maybe we'll see john jones knock zero gun out with it with a hammer fist next week we, we don't know you know he's, he's a fan of the axe kick maybe he's now gonna he's now gonna get a standing hammer fist knockout let's uh let's wait till next week to to find out Speaking of knockout, Jordan Levitt finally knocked someone out and surprised himself among the, like on the journey. He surprised himself that he could knock someone out, and then he uh, threw up his feet on the on the post fight press conference. This guy, he's a little bit aware of the self promotion. Like he really put his his foot on the gas after getting a knockout. He's not bad. He's he's doing the, all the right moves, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you say the right moves. He's he's a very smooth mover. You know, he, yeah, he's dropping the splits. He's he's doing the dirty dancing thing. I am, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, he had the sort of the stuff with Paddy Pimblet when Paddy just kind of just wanted to make a bit of a mockery out of him. He did get teabagged. He, you know, he lost against Paddy Pimblet, but you know he's bounced back now. And now, like he said, he's not the guy that lost to Paddy Pimblet anymore. He's the guy that's got yeah. the knockout. He's the guy that's got the one of only. I think they said on the broadcast one of only six or eight slam knockouts in the UFC. Yeah. He's now got, you know, a, a legitimate knockout. Jordan Levitt, I like him, you know, like he you too. say, self-promotion. How many times have you already seen that, you know, he's, he's wearing his grandfather's suit with his sort of high-heeled <laughs> shoes up on the desk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Do it, double down on it, you know, really go in on that sort of persona because that's, you know, that's who he is. He's not, this isn't a... This isn't an act for Jordan Levitt, in my opinion. This is who he is. He's an eccentric guy who, yes. you know, is clearly sort of, you know, a, a sublime talent. And he doesn't have to put on the the hard man, oh, I'm an MMA fighter, I'm no. a cage fighter. He doesn't have to do that, which I think is great. And, he's a, you know, he's, like a theater, he's like a theater kid, you know what I mean? Exactly. He's, a, he's a drama it's just, student. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just, he, he's a fun character to have around and yes. he's a great talent. And now, you know, off the back of the Paddy Pimblet fight, it's I think it's done done good. You know, it's done good for him because he's now a bigger bigger name than he was. Jordan Levitt, oh, the guy that lost to Paddy Pimblet. Now he's the Jordan Levitt, the guy that you know wears wears the eccentric clothing. Now he's Jordan Levitt, the guy that gets knockouts. You know, it's it's. Good I, for him. I, I, yeah, I'm happy for him. I like him, and I, I I'm here for the high heel shoes and the, and the big, you know, over the top suit more 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 of that please next next fight week for jordan levitt thank you oh 100 100 i agree with you now how about our future superstar the mma future megastar narulo aliyev you've seen the numbers on his post-fight interviews this guy is selling out stadiums in tajikistan while fighting at three in the morning on a tv screen in the country Man, this guy, does he have the potential? Like, we talk about sometimes like Connor or someone like that just like puts their staple on a nation and brings that nation right into the MMA sphere. We're seeing that with Tajikistan now. 
does he have the potential to really make a name in MMA? He's currently undefeated at 9-0. Nice young kid, only 23 years old. Uh, I think he was a champion coming from, was it 8 AFC? Oh, he fought in AMC Global a couple of times. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what, what do you make of him? What do you make of this young kid? I think you've kind of just nailed it there. You know, he's mm. 23 years old, 9-0, and and he's got yeah. a by the looks of it, got a country behind him. Not just, you know, he hasn't just got, you know, the odd, you know, oh, I've got the, I've got, you know, all, all of Manchester, all of the UK, uh, sorry, all of Birmingham really want me to win this. Or, you know, for example, all of Louisiana all, all, wanna, all want Brendan Allen to win. I'm sure everyone's seen the Dana White sort of clip that he's maybe reposted or retweeted yeah. onto his socials of, that's insane. And like you say, three o'clock in the morning for someone that's, let's be honest, he was put into this fight possibly to lose. Rafael Alves is a talent. You know, he's got yep. a win over Mike Jacquesi. He's got a win over, uh, sorry, he went the distance with Ismagulov. Mm-hmm. That's a he tough fight. He had a tough, tough fight with um, Drew Dober where he rocked Drew Dober. Yep. And then Aliyev just, just, did it he just he just did it you know he just went in there and just just dealt with with just dealt with Alves in my opinion and in in a fight like I say which I actually thought he'd he'd lose I I I, did, I had Alves you know just I Alves winning it I thought he would just be you know he's got 32 fights now Alves that was Alves ninth fight yeah it's worlds apart really as far as experience is concerned and I'm I'm here for it I think you need to, you know, the UFC need to build this guy properly. Yes. They don't want to give him the Sean O'Malley treatment, but they also don't want to give him the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, who just got tough fight after tough fight after tough fight. Someone like Terry and Ware, who just got really, really tough fight, you know, and then was cut from the UFC. Sure. They, they need to... Yeah, they don't want to give him the Paddy Pimblitz where you fight a load of guys. You know, Rafael Alves is fringe top 20, top 25 guys. Yeah. Let's not drop below that now. You know, Rafael Alves, as per topology, I mean, he's ranked number 41. I thought he might be higher than that. But, you know, this is global, globally. So, you know, put him in there with a... It's also maybe the best division in MMA, like in the top 100. It's, it's, there's great fighters in the top 200, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, let, let, let's put let's put um, Aliyev in there with someone like a a Ludwig Klein that we that we all yep. you know. I know he's booked against Jai Herbert uh, at the end of next month, but you know he's either he's a well-renowned name. Let's put them in there. Uh, put him in there with a a Mark Jacquesi coming off sure. a loss. Uh, uh, and he's only uh, he's Michael, only twenty three. He's exactly. only twenty three. Like this is we've got insane, time to man. build this guy. Yeah. And, I, I do. It does strike me as the kind of guy that, even a loss, when you've got that kind of backing from a country, even a loss won't won't harm him too much. But it's like you say, it's it's exciting times, really, really exciting times for for a country that I'll be honest, isn't that known for it. Well, isn't known for its MMA talents. You know, I think Valentina's trained in and around there, but isn't you know, a native of, of, um, of there. So, you know, it's, it's exciting times. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like MMA is such an international sport. It's great to bring Tajikistan into it. Um, but it's also very funny for people like us because we, we like MMA has influenced our view of the world so much that like, I couldn't tell you very much about Russia, but I know everything about Dagestan. And now Tajikistan is the next one for us. We're like, our friends are going to bring it up one day. And we're like, oh yeah, suddenly I know everything. I'm a Tajikistan expert. (laughs) I don't know much about Brazil, but this one era in the early 2000s, there was these two gyms in Brazil. They were going to, I could tell you everything about the history of like fighting in Thailand. Don't know anything else about Thailand, but yeah, Tajikistan, hopefully they they do well. Um, Only have won like a handful of Olympics, uh, medals at the Olympics in their entire career, uh, mostly for like wrestling and judo. But like this is why they 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 are going full sell behind their man. They're going to fully support him in in what he does next, and it, it, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah, they've got one gold in the history of the entire Olympics. So like, if this guy makes it ranked in the UFC, this is it. This is a big exactly, deal for them. Exactly, exactly, and you know, you you have cards built, and I'm not 
suggesting that next year we'll be in Tazakhstan. Let's do it. No, let's, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm keen for it, but I, I can't see it happening. But then, you know, you, we, we go over to, to, to Bellator where you've got... Let's do it. Okay, we'll jump over. 90% of the fighters on there are SPG fighters, John Kavanagh fighters, Irish fighters. John Kavanagh, I think, was in the corner for... It's got to be... I'm talking 90% of these fights. Yeah. Aside from the main and the co, co-main, does Pedro Carvalho train from SPG? Uh, yeah. Pedro Carvalho trains out of SPG, despite the fact he's Portuguese. 90% of the fights John Kavanagh was in the corner of. A corner for. 18 fight card. Yeah. Bellator. Come on. Come on, Bellator. This is an SBGI versus the world. But honestly, the, the main event was quite good. Uh, uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, Amosov, he was just on the front lines of the Ukrainian-Russian war, and he flies over. Like, there's a really interesting story where his belt was left in a house that was bombed, and he had to go retrieve it. Like, there is, this guy is a... Like, this guy deserves a movie about his life. Undefeated combat sambo champion. Now he's an undefeated uh, MMA fighter. Like, it's, 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 this guy's awesome. He's it's the coolest guy. He's an action hero fighting in our sport. And he's 27-0. and 0. Insane. And he's just doing what he needs to... You could, he's just I I really do think that he is a phenomenal talent. Now I yes. refuse to believe that he trained for this fight as as much or as as in detail as as he's he's put as much effort and as much passion into this fight than he has his previous fights. I know I refuse to believe that because of all the outside factors, and yet he made Logan Storley look like he didn't deserve to be in there with him. You know, it was a phenomenal performance, and I think. The performance in the cage kind of is what it is. Really good performance. But Great. I think the, the journey to the octagon should be more our respect. You know, he could have gone in there and knocked him out in the first round. He went, he went in there 25 hard minutes. And I think that needs to be, you know, that that is without a doubt, re, you know, a solid performance. But you've got mm-hmm. to look sort of, like I say, at his journey to the octagon to really appreciate how good a performance that was, you know, the outside factors make the performance even better than than the performance itself maybe showed off to to the public. Oh my god, yeah, fighting in a war is among the most stressful things that a human being could could ever do and like seeing his hometown and his, the, the the home that he grew up in, he saw that place being bombed. And now he's going to go fight in a Bellator cage in Ireland. Like that's an, an absolutely insane story. Like this, this man is is it, it just I it, I don't know. There's there's nothing that I can say that actually does him justice with how interesting yeah. and of an amazing journey he's had. Uh, he holds the welterweight, the unified Bellator welterweight crown. How would he do in the UFC? You think he takes? He does he he out wrestles Leon Edwards, doesn't he? Does he out wrestle someone like Kamaru? Like at this point, unified, we should probably rank him in the top three in the world. Well, for sure. I, I saw a tweet from, from Michael Fidel, um, mm. obviously works for Bellator, and I'll just read it verbatim. It's, it called me biased, but Bellator can now arguably lay claim to promoting the best fighter in the world at 170, 185, and 205. Possibly. You could absolutely make the argument. 205? That... Probably. <laughs> Maybe the other exactly. two. Exactly. Johnny Eblin is, what, 13 and 0? How does he do against the, the striking? I mean, Nemkov, for me, beats... Uh, Jamal Hill. I know. I agree. As a tough fight against Jiri, but he, he beats Jamal Hill, and that's who the champion is at the moment. Yep. I agree. Uh, he can out wrestle Alex Pereira. I know. He, he can, can probably out wrestle uh, Israel Adesanya. These are questions to be had, and and Amosov, like I say, I think he 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 out wrestles Leon. Out wrestles Leon. Um, Leon. Uh, yeah, and maybe struggles a little bit further down the rankings. But the fact that we're even having this conversation, you know, even at lightweight, Usman Nurmagomedov, we've got. I would love to see a Nurmagomedov Makachev fight. Of course, we're never going to get it. But you know, that that's a conversation to be had. Patricio mm-hmm. Pitbull, how does he do against um, against Volkanovski? You know, I think Sergio Pettis being the champion, but not quite being the champion. Ruffian Stotts and Patchy Mix, you know, going um, going for the for the belt in a few weeks great division is a great division there it's a great division but i don't think it's quite there and then i mean for me the women's i mean the heavyweight division is ryan bader (laughs) okay 
it's fine. women's flyweight Liz Carmouche is the champion yeah you, you know you've oh, you've, yeah. you've got yeah. with the greatest respect you've you've got girls that uh you know 11 and 6 in in the top top 10 and then the featherweight division there's only six of them the number three girl fought an unranked girl at the weekend you know Sinead Kavanaugh fought Jana Harding and went to a decision with her realistically she should be finishing Harding Harding for me I know she's uh I mean she's a phenomenal talent yeah but it's a struggle for me to see why she got given that opportunity you know she she's coming off the back of two straight losses is it I a don't struggle? quite. Yeah, you know I don't why. quite. And you and so you know why? You know why? <laughs> because she beat. She's because she. She's kind of nice looking. You know <laughs> <why>. <laughs> I, I thought it was because she beat Sinead Kavanaugh by oh, a cut last time. You know. <laughs> but but I mean, going going as far down as as you know, Leah McCourt is. Man, I they were really pushing Leah. <laughs> Seeing her fight is the thing that puts you out of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you saw Cyborg's tweet this week to say like, you know, if Leah McCourt wins her next fight, I can't quite remember who she's fighting. I'll quickly check now. If she wins her next fight, she deserves yeah. a title shot. Of of course, Cyborg's going to say that. I know. Uh, okay, so so <laughs> Leah McCourt's fighting Kat Zingana at the end of next month. Uh, you know, maybe she does deserve a shot. Of course, Cyborg's going to say that because yeah. Cyborg looks at Leah McCourt like yeah yeah <laughs> food you know no disrespect to leah but she a striking's amateurish i know uh, a ground cardio is, is like it, you know cyborg eats her you know for breakfast it, it, cyborg doesn't train for that fight and, and wins of course she's going to be saying i think leah mccourt might be the next contender she's <laughs> a real threat to my belt no she's not you know no disrespect <laughs> but she's not is she but leah mccourt is she marketable yes She's the, face of, she's the face of sort of women's Bellator at the moment, really, even though she's not the champion. She's constantly on the broadcast, yeah. especially, you know, she's Irish. So she's got all, all of Northern Ireland behind her. Mm. She trains, I, I believe she trains in Liverpool at Next Gen with uh, Molly McCann and, and the team over there. So, And she's got a marketable story. Like, it's, it's funny her, like, she talks about doing, like, uh, parent-teacher meetings at school and she's showing up with black eyes and stuff like that. So sure. that those are great crossover things. It's just her talent. Yeah, realistically, she's she's a Bellator fighter. Okay, which no disrespect, kind of tells everything you need to know about Bellator. But I thought this card was be- a lot better than the the UFC card this yeah, weekend. This rant was actually supposed to be pro Bellator of like they might have the best champions, yeah. and we're like, man, Liam McCourt sucks. Yeah. <laughs> where, did we, where did we go here? Uh, but yeah, Bellator also like they might have some in some of these divisions. They might beat the UFC champions, and they're having trouble to promote it. And like this card was way better than the UFC card, and it did not have much pop behind it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've got Jeremy Kennedy on this card, yeah. Yeah. who three and one in the UFC, with his only loss coming against Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, I mean, good fight. I don't, I don't know if he, he was. I'm not. I'm not sure of his story whether he was cut or whether he was um, just really. You know, he, he fought out his contract, but. He's lost to Alexander Volkanovsky and he's no longer fighting in the UFC. So he goes over to Bellator and he's dominating people in Bellator. You know, he lost to Adam yeah. Borix. No, 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 you know, so 16 other people, I think, or, or yeah. 18 other people, or however many wins he's got now. And then now, you know, now he's on a, a three fight win streak. Emmanuel Sanchez, obviously Pedro Carvalho. And then before that, Aaron Pico with the shoulder injury when they tried to shake his shoulder back in place, which is. Don't ridiculous. do that. But, but, you know. Realistically, we're looking at Amasov, world-class performance. Jeremy Kennedy, complete shutout performance over Pedro Carvalho. Bryce Logan with the knockout of Peter Queely from that yeah. elbow in the clinch was savage. And, I mean, I, I did see someone, and I don't like to say it because I do like Peter Queely, but I know <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, you know, oh, you know, Peter Queely's just lost to a guy who's, who's 0-3 in his, last, in, his, in his Bellator in his last three Bellator fights. But what about that walkout, though? That, the, what about that walkout, man? You know, I, I kind of agreed to, to a, you know, Bryce Logan was in there to be knocked out or to be to be defeated by Peter Queeley, and it didn't didn't quite put, come off. Queeley now, what, 38, 39, maybe? Yeah, 38. He, he's 0-3 in his last three with two, finish, two finishes. He took a lot of damage against Petruki Pitbull when he did beat him. 
before he before he lost to him. And then against Ryan Scope, obviously he had that comeback comeback victory when Ryan Scope kind of gassed out. Yep. That walkout though. So that's you know, that's what we kind of keep on swinging back to. The the walkout for Creedy's legendary, but it's that gotta yeah. gotta do it in, in the ring, unfortunately, and he and he, he hasn't in recent times. Yeah, no, it was a good event overall, and Peter Queeley, they're going to keep putting them in Ireland, and that's great. I'd honestly love to see it. Keep the sport moving, keep the sport growing. The UFC hasn't done the, you know, the the area any favors in recent years, so Bellator should should put their foot on the gas pedal and promote as much as they can there. I want to exactly. see it, and I want more of it. Uh, yeah. Should we move forward to the other stuff? We got, did you did you catch the one championship fight night seven? I caught highlights of one championship fight night seven. <sighs> Banger and again. there were some highlights. Oh, boy. Yeah, the top two fights were uh, incredible. Uh, I'll start with the one that I do actually want to talk about quite a bit. Talon Shai defended his one featherweight Muay Thai world title. 49 seconds via leg kick. 23 years old. This kid is a prodigy. Is this a matter of like his weight class in Muay Thai? He's a little, on the little bit of a larger side, so it's harder to find opponents. Uh, so he ends up fighting a bunch of you know people from outside of Thailand, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, this is the 38-year-old Russian veteran, hard-hitting knockout machine, Jamal, and finished him in 49 seconds. Leg kick. What the... F- like, that's yeah. insane. Fraser, what do you make of this? I mean, I've always said, and I don't think it's any secret to you or anyone that's been a long-time listener, I love a leg kick. Yes. <laughs> I love a leg kick. A low leg kick, take out the calf, send yeah. the uh, nerves not quite working. This one I didn't like. This one was a tough watch. I know. And it's not because I don't like the... the te- it just looked like it hurt. I know that sounds ridiculous because we are talking about the sport of cage fighting MMA but this one just looked like you know it's not like you know a knockout punch that lands on the chin and it just shuts the brain off this was I have been kicked so hard in the leg that I just don't want to be stood up anymore oh oh. phenomenal finish yeah and I mean was it a phenomenal finish or was it just really good technique yeah to hit the leg just at the right point to yep. which his opponent, you know, the referee almost stepped in straight away to to call the fight off because he saw, um, like you say, he saw Jamal kind of just completely dropping weight and the referee was already in there, bang, you know, this isn't going to go any further. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Oh, I'm so impressed. Tom Chai, he started at nine years old training in Muay Thai. I think he made his like Lumpany Stadium debut at the age of 14. So he's already 15 years into his combat sports career. Um, but yeah, he's got it all. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got perfect technique. It's it's honestly a matter of finding him an opponent who can actually challenge him. This guy's a veteran of, of many, many dozens of fights and you made him quit. That's insane. This guy is one to watch. Like, keep your eye on him. Uh, hopefully talking to him later this week as well. They've been they've been a little bit dodgy with trying to set up an interview, but hopefully we get him at some point in the future. Uh, Fabricio Andrade, the, the wonder kid from Brazil, outpointed John Lineker. TKO, corner stoppage. He accomplished his dream. He's crying when he gets the belt. Uh, what a great scene it was. And he looked good doing it as well. Fabricio Andrade is definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, you got some highlights. What did you, you think of this kid? Yeah, it... After the, I think you know, I I picked Andrade before the fight um, to 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 get the victory over over uh, John Lineker, yeah, and I think that was based on the their previous fight back in end of last October November yeah Yeah. end of last year yeah he was winning that fight until he obviously you know the low blow I don't want to say is what it is because it was a a legitimate accidental groin strike yeah but he was winning that fight and i think that fight came as quite a that sorry that strike came as quite a blessing to to lineker and i think you know did did lineker's what 46 fight career just kind of catch up on him i know i know you know he just had a kid last month as well he had he had just like his fifth child like how much mentally was he was he with it like you said wear and tear on the body he's been he's been around for a while wear and tear on the body i'm just looking down his record now from you know, back in 2012, missed weight. 2013, missed weight twice. 2015, missed weight. 2016, missed weight. I know. 2022, you know, he, missed weight. Missed weight for the for the last for the last fight uh, for his last fight. Sorry. So you know, and what that suggests to me is that he's having these tough weight cuts. Yeah. And now he's gone up ten pounds, and he still missed weight last time. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the, the power is obviously transferred to when he's gone up in weight. You know, he's got the the, the three knockouts in 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 since his, his transition over to one. But I think you know, Fabrizio Andrade, he's what 20, 25, 25 years 25, old. Yeah. It's good. I think, you know, and I think fighting a fellow Brazilian is going to just do him all the favours in the world because it's kind of, I, I see this as like a changing of the guard is you've got John Lineker's Brazilian fans. Yep. They might just now transition to be um, Andrade, uh, Fabricio Andrade, Brazilian yeah. fans. Hopefully, because you, yeah. you've seen the guy. He's seven years younger than the guy that you're following. And he's yeah. now the champion. He's made your guy essentially quit on his stool. Yes. Or, you know, the corners pulled him out. It, you know, it is what it is. But transitioning from John Lineker fans to Andrade fans, I think he could be a real, real star. I mean, he's, he's got the good. skill to be a real, real star, yeah. you know. Um, yep. And no. it's it's one of those where you don't want to see John Lineker lose because he's one of the nice guys of the sport, despite the fact that he, visually he's a, he's a savage, savage guy. But he's one of the nice guys of the sport. But, you know, the, these things happened. Yeah, that's the thing. And like these things happened, you run into a better fighter who's just some some phenom wonder kid, like 25 years old like that. It's an incredibly impressive thing. But yeah, John Lineker, even before MMA, he was a bricklayer. So how much wear and tear is on, how many miles on that body at this point? Uh, but let's move forward. One championship on Friday also put their, together the one Friday fight six series now i didn't talk about it very much before just because it's very in the weeds stuff uh it's mainly their their event at lumpany stadium where they do weekly uh mainly muay thai fights to really help the community so thailand for the last 10 years has actually really struggled with muay thai because locals aren't going out to the stadiums anymore the only people who are showing up to rajmantern and lumpany are like gamblers so it's got a bad reputation over the last few years. So they require outside sponsors to keep the event running. Like Rajmantern has sponsorships from Pet Yindi, which is the big gym there. And then Lumpini needed a sponsorship from One Championship to keep things running. So it's mainly local fighters. So I didn't cover it too much, or I didn't talk about it on the air, but I watched every single event. Their Lumpini events are better than their main, than their big card events. These are so good. Like they are, they're giving away $10,000 bonuses and these people are fighting for it. Their people are absolutely going ham over these, these bonuses. But yeah, these this is some of the most world-class Muay Thai in the world. You get to see some up-and-coming rising stars, and it's incredible stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have much to add. Rajman Turn had an event. It wasn't a major one, uh, but uh, the Nadaka got a head kick knockout. He crow-copped a guy, and it was very good. You can check out the highlight reel. Check out Nadaka. It'll show up somewhere. Right, what else did you watch <laughs> the weekend? What else did you watch? That, that's everything I did this weekend. Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it. I, I saw Todd Duffy... Get pummeled. We expected it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we're not surprised. He's been out of the ring for however long, and, and Phil DeFries has been in there competing. Um, but KFW continuing to put on these massive, massive events. You know, Czech Republic this time. Yep. I think they've announced a, a, an event for for Rome later on in the year, or you know, yep. massive event. And yep. you know, it's there's a there's a reason that they're 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 doing these because they've got the following. You need to. They weren't always a huge, huge promotion. But they built it up and built it up and built it up and built it up, and now they're putting on these huge events. They're putting on more, you know, more big um, sort of stadium events than, yeah. than anybody, than the UFC, than than Bellator, than PFL. Are. So they're, they're doing another stadium later this year in Poland. Like they they are arguably bigger than the UFC in Poland. Like they're they're massive. Oh, with that, I, 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 yeah, I'd strongly. And you know, you're getting some good guys and girls come over. Karolina yes. Kovačević, Joanna Jan yes. You know, these guys are, are coming over from KFW. You know, Stoldich going over to to one. You know, these guys are are coming over with a huge following already before they even join the UFC. Yeah, and they're bringing the fans over to the UFC from from Poland. And like, I'd be surprised if we don't see a a Polish MMA event within the next two to three years that's uh, sorry, oh, polish ufc event within the absolutely. next two to three years because it's a missed opportunity if not it's overdue it's it's time like the sport has grown so much i think there. the last it's... time we saw the ufc in portland was darren till knocking out donald cerrone in gdansk Come in on, yeah. 20 i can't even remember when that i mean it's one of the last wins that darren till got before he got the uh, title yeah. shot so it was it was a long so time was, ago yeah. <laughs> Exactly, you know, he's suffered. If you look at the career trajectory of Dan Till since that fight, just looking, yeah, that was, that was twenty seventeen. That's the last time I can remember them being in Gdan, uh, being in Poland. For context, yeah. you know, Karolina Kovačević versus Jody Escobar was the co-main event. 
Yeah. Jan Blahovic was was on the car. You know, Josh Emmett was the, the curtain jerker. Josh Emmett, who just fought for a title two yeah. weeks ago, was the first fight on the card. It's Lena time to Landsberg go back. Suffered a loss on that card. She retired last week. You know, it, like you say, it's time to go back to to Poland. Artem Lobov was on the card. Get him back in the UFC. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's been such a void in mainland or in in Europe that the UFC has left. And that's why Bellator has done so well uh, in the Isles. That's why KSW has done so well in Poland. That's why Octagon is doing really, really well in the Czech Republic, because there is a massive void where the fans want this kind of stuff and no one's filling it. The UFC hasn't even been like, they did two shows in London over the last five years. And that's kind of it for the entirety of Europe, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. they did Paris. And they did Paris. And they that's did it. Paris, but that was, yeah. That was inaugural. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. That that kind of ha- they, uh, in my opinion, they kind of had to do Paris because Bellator were doing Paris. Bellator was doing the Paris yeah. card, and you know you got you got Ares in Paris that are really taking taking. Oh, I wouldn't say taking precedent, but they're 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 the French market at the moment. There's a want for it. There's a clearly exactly. a want, and the USC exactly. just can't book it there, which is fine. Exactly. We'll, we'll we'll, like like I say, let's hope within the next two to three years. We're, even if it's not Poland, if it's a European country, we, you know, they've been to Copenhagen, they've been to Glasgow, they've been to you know Liverpool, they've been to obviously they they previously they've been to Nottingham, been to Birmingham. It's yep. now arguably more of a call for them to go to Birmingham than ever before. Uh-huh. But they'll go to the O2 in London because it's the capital. Blah blah blah. But you know it is what it is. Uh, uh, Let's wrap it up, and then we're coming back later this week. We're going to do the big UFC 285 breakdown. Uh, Fraser, what else you got going on this week? What's 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 I'm the next? Just excited for this breakdown. You know, I've been watching a lot of tape of John Jones. A lot, not so much tape of Cyril Gunn because there isn't a lot of tape of Cyril Gunn. He's only had what 12, 11, 12 professional MMA fights against nobody like John Jones. So yeah, you know, it's know. going to be an exciting fight. I'm looking forward to breaking it down later on in the week. I put an article out there about Tommy Fury and, and Jake Paul this morning, and I've got an article of whether we actually respect Ronda Rousey. For you know, it was t- I think it was ten years ago last week that uh, the the women's division and Ronda Rousey kind of came into the sport, and when she fought Liz Carmouche in that uh, in that at UFC 157, I think it was. Um, what a great time that was! I love the whether we actually era. respect Ronda Rousey because you know that she. She's almost turned into a little bit of a meme in yes. recent times of, yes. you know, she getting knocked out by Holly Holm, getting knocked out by Amanda Nunes. But let's not forget that she she was untouchable when she was on the rise. So, uh, yeah, I've got an article about that. It's, 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 it makes well, it quite an interesting read. Here's the thing. I know we're running out of time here, but like I, I talk about Ronda Rousey quite a bit because it is insane that before her, the UFC said no women. The Rousey effect came in, and now we have stuff like women will headline in Tokyo and women will headline in in Thailand, where it was never before. Like the Rousey effect is amazing, and, and honestly, I think she deserves respect for doing that. Like women can now fight anywhere in the world as a headliner. We're talking about women fighting in Dubai. This this is because because of Ronda Rousey, right? Exactly, and you know, let's be honest, she had a rise like like few others. You know, yes. she was killing girls on the way up and, and rightfully so because she was such a good talent. And like I say, the piece kind of looks into her career and then looks into you know, a little bit, a few statistics comparing her to the likes of John Jones, Conor McGregor and Khabib, yeah. who didn't start their careers off in the UFC as well as, as, as Ronda. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I'll put the links down below for your piece today and everything. All the links will be down below. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you folks later this week. Fraser, yeah, we'll thanks so much you. for your time, sir. See you later in the week.